church is the most supernatural place on earth. This is where God is at work. And what you have got to do is train your heart to believe in the supernatural activity of the ministry. This is Timeless Truth Today, and I'm your host, Matt Williams. Welcome to Part 6, finalizing our series, A Prayer to Live By, from Pastor Paul Twist. Pastor's text is Chapter 1 of the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, focusing today on verses 15 through 23. The Apostle's letter opens with a greeting to the saints who are faithful in Jesus Christ. A quote, eulogy, follows and contains some beautifully descriptive language, to which verses 5 and 6 are examples. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. Today's verses, 15 through 23, are a prayer for these believers, filled with wonderful metaphors about what is in store for these followers of Christ. Pastor Paul has pointed out that prayers offered by the Apostle are for believers who have everything. So how does one pray for loved ones who have no needs? Let's find out in part six of A Prayer to Live By. The church is Christ's fullness. He says, verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him. This is perhaps the most difficult part of the verse to understand, maybe even the whole prayer. One word, fullness, what on earth is Paul communicating? There's two ways to understand this word. One is to take it in an active sense. If we understand it in an active sense, that would suggest that Christ is is lacking and we complete him. We are his fullness. He needs the church in order to be rendered complete. You can take it in a passive sense. To render it as a passive word would be to say that Christ is not lacking, but rather he gives to us his fullness. We are the recipients of his fullness. We are the thing that is being filled by Christ. And I believe that that is the better, more appropriate way to understand this word. Turn over with me just very briefly to the book of Colossians. Ephesians and Colossians are very much parallel letters. And what you'll often see is that commentators make sense of a verse in Ephesians by appealing to something Paul wrote in Colossians or vice versa written around about the same time, and very, very similar in their structure and in their theology. There are a multitude of parallel verses between Ephesians and Colossians. And when there's a problem in Ephesians, one thing you can do is to see what Paul said in Colossians to see if that helps us and shines light on the issue. In the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 9 
Paul writes to the Colossians, in him, that is Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. There's that same word. The fullness of God dwells in him. He is God and he is not lacking in any sense. Verse 10, you, the church, have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. So even there at the end of the verse, you see those parallels with the kind of things Paul is saying in his prayer. Jesus is is the rule over all things. He's been given as the head to the church. Power and authority are his. And he is filling you. That's what Paul is saying to the Ephesians here. Not that Christ is lacking. Nowhere else in the Bible do we see any sense of Christ needing to be completed by us. But what we do find across the way in Colossians is that the believers are being filled by Christ's fullness. So what does that mean? One commentator puts it like this, all of the divine graces that are Christ's are imparted to the church. All of the divine graces that belong to Christ are imparted to the church as an act of his grace, as an act of his glory, he bestows upon us that which is his. To put it another way, Christ is manifest in the local church. Christ shows up in the local church. Christ is known in the local church. Christ's glory, Christ's grace, Christ's wisdom, Christ's power, Christ's forgiveness, Christ's advocacy, Christ's goodness, Christ's patience, Christ's forbearance, Christ's supremacy shows up where? In the local church. And the way in which it shows up is through his people. It is not an arbitrary manifestation that just comes about spontaneously. But God has designed that Christ is made known in the local church through, through the lives of his children. That is God's design, which means each and every act of service carried out in the local church in order to bring glory to God is in some way a manifestation of Christ himself. You see how wonderful this renders our ministry efforts to shake the hand of someone on a Sunday morning and to give them a warm greeting is to communicate Christ to them. That is not a small, negligible, irrelevant act of service. It is the very communication of Jesus Christ 
to hug a brother or sister, to tell them of God's love for them is the communication of Jesus Christ. To pray together and sing together is an altogether otherworldly, supernatural manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think of it, there are millions of acts of service that occur on this campus each year. And every single one of them, in so much as they are carried out with a desire to bring glory to God, is a communication of the Lord Jesus Christ towards somebody. You see how wonderful a privilege it is to step into a role of servanthood in the local church. It is not meaningless. It is eternally significant because of what God chooses to do through that act of service. One of the things you'll hear me say often, you hang around any preacher long enough and you get to learn of the things that he speaks of often and I have just about enough self-awareness to know that I do speak of the supernatural activity of the church often. And one of the reasons I labor this is because we live in a society that is so secular that we have lost a true sense of the supernatural. I don't mean anything weird by that word. There are natural things and there are supernatural things. And the supernatural things are the things that God is doing. The church is the most supernatural place on earth. This is where God is at work. And what you have got to do is train your heart to believe in the supernatural activity of the ministry. You have got to train your heart to believe that in the seemingly mundane work of the ministry, supernatural things are happening because there are times in your life where you have nothing else to cling to but that God is working in this. There will be discouragements along the way. There will be trials along the way. There are trials ahead of us by virtue of the fact we live in a broken world. I can only suppose there are trials ahead of some of us that are so deep and so severe that we cannot get through them but by appealing to the fact that God is in this. He is doing something in this. He is using this for my good, for his glory. And so you have got to learn to think about the church in a particular way. You cannot afford to think about the church in a way that is divorced from the supernatural work of God that is being carried out each and every Lord's day. You have to have a sermon in your heart that is preached over and over again. Fathers, you have to have a sermon that you preach to your children about the supernatural work of the church. You have got to have a sermon that you bring to your wife to encourage her with. Because there are trials ahead. There are difficult times ahead. And the way in which you remain steadfast in those seasons of ministry is to know and to believe that God is doing something spectacular in this. Something glorious in this. 
Why should I lock up the church building again? No one notices. Why am I always doing Why should I stack these chairs again? These are the most mundane tasks that you might see happening on a Sunday morning. Why should I be the one that fills the coffee urn again? Because I believe that in this ministry, somehow God is communicating Christ to my brothers and sisters in such a way that there will be eternal fruit from my labors this Sunday. So therefore, I will race towards these acts of service. This is what it means to be the vehicle that God is using, the one that is receiving the fullness of Christ. All of the divine graces that belong to him are being imparted to the church. And the way in which they are being imparted is through the service of brothers and sisters in Christ. Finally, Paul says, the church is Christ's treasure. Now that's one word you don't see in the verse. You see the word body, you see the word fullness, but why treasure? Paul says, the church is his body, the fullness of him, Christ, who is filling all in all. Now, that last phrase there, he is filling all in all. It tells us at least two things. The first is that it tells us that Christ is filling the church robustly. It functions as an adverb describing the verb. He's filling the church. In what manner is he filling the church? He's filling the church robustly. He's filling it very much so. He's not hesitant in his filling of the church. That's what Paul is saying there. But it also tells us that there is a kind of filling that happens outside of the church. The description that Paul gives to Jesus is that he is the one who fills all things in all things. That suggests that there is, in some way, according to God's Wisdom, a manifestation of the Lord Jesus beyond the boundaries of the church. You can look outside of the church and you can see God's glory. You can see it in creation. You can look outside of the church and you can see evidences of God's grace. Even to unbelievers, you can see God's patience towards them. You can see outside of the church manifestations of God's goodness to a rebellious, wicked society. You can look outside the church and see God's judgment. In all of these things, Christ is being communicated. But by mentioning that, Paul is, by inference, drawing our attention to the fact that it is the church that is the special place of Christ communicating himself. Christ does make himself known elsewhere. He does. In many ways, at many times, Christ can be found beyond the boundaries of the church. But his special chosen place, his particular place where Christ is most fully known, is the local church. 
the local church is Christ's treasure. This is where you come if you want to know Christ. You come to church. You don't go to see a particular landscape, a mountain or the ocean to have an experience of Christ. You don't search for Christ in your dreams. You don't search for him in books and narratives apart from the Bible. The place where you find Christ is the local church. That's where you go to find him where he is made known. As God has placed unbelievers in your life, you bring them to church to know Christ. You invite them to come on a Sunday so that they would be exposed to the truth of the gospel and they would experience something of Jesus Christ in the place where he has chosen to most make himself known. And so it should be as no surprise that as we come to the end of Paul's prayer, yet again, he esteems the local church. The book of Ephesians elevates the doctrine of the local church maybe more consistently and more emphatically than any other truth. This letter is impressing on you the priority of the local church. You wouldn't choose to be anywhere else if you understood the importance of the local church in the life of the believer. And so, in closing, I would say we can all be greatly encouraged by what Paul teaches us about the church. You, this evening, are in the most privileged place on planet Earth. There is nowhere else that you would choose to be but the local church. You have chosen very well this evening. <laughs> you have come to the most privileged place, the place of the utmost blessing. You have come to the place where Christ most makes himself known. And you can be greatly encouraged. Because there's nothing particular about this evening service. This is what happens every single Lord's Day. And so this truth that we've meditated upon this evening is true every time we gather. Every time you come, you are coming to the place where Christ is known. Be greatly encouraged by what Paul says the church is. Be greatly exhorted. I can't leave you without showing you the exhortation that issues from Paul's prayer. Not only should it rightly inform our prayer life, but Paul's truths that he gives us about the church should compel us ever more to serve one another. Do you see how the riches of the church, the body of Christ, the fullness of Christ, the treasure of Christ, can only but work themselves out in your heart in such a way that your feet are ever more running towards acts of service in this place. There are thousands of things you could be giving your attention to Sunday by Sunday, week by week, month by month, year by year. It boggles my mind to even consider if you just think for a second all of man's activities that are happening within this city, within this state or this nation or the world over, in one second, the billions of people 
that are doing things and to understand that theologically most of the activities rendered second by second will be burnt on the last day. They will not stand. They will receive no testimony into eternity because they are done under the wrath of God. But there is one place where the activities, however small and insignificant they may appear to our eyes, are receiving an eternal testimony. And it is the local church. And the acts are those acts of service carried out by the believers here. We come with our hearts oriented towards the Lord. We sing praises to him. We plead for his grace. And with that, we serve one another. We do so unfailingly, unswervingly. We do so steadfastly because we understand that this is the place where Christ is being communicated and fruit is being rendered for all of eternity. So as you allow this prayer to start to Sink into your hearts to affect the way that you pray for one another. Also, allow it to challenge you. To confront you in terms of how you go about your participation here. Every Lord's Day, morning and evening. Like the ticking of a metronome. Steadfast, back and forth without missing a beat, determined to be one that is present with God's people, serving your brothers and sisters in Christ because you understand what the church is. Let's pray in response. Father, we praise you this evening for the church, which is the body of Christ, the fullness of him who fills all in all. As our minds and our hearts are overtaken with wonder at your design in the local church, we pray for your grace to instruct us. Increase our love for the body of Christ. Increase our desire for the body of Christ. Further, orient our lives around the local church. May this be as precious to us as it is to you. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. You are listening to Timeless Truth Today. In closing this series on Paul's profound prayer, Pastor Paul focused on one phrase that is at the end of his prayer, quote, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Whose body? Christ's. The church is Christ's body, and very often referred to in Scripture as Christ's bride. It is alive. Hopefully you caught the term fullness being explained by Pastor Paul this way. Christ shows up in the local church. Christ is known in the local church. Christ's glory, grace, wisdom, power, forgiveness, and the way in which it shows up is through his people. 
Are you a follower of Christ who covets the fullness of Christ in every way? Then embrace your local Bible teaching congregation for all your worth because God wants your obedience to his gospel and full loyalty and participation in Christ's body, which is the church. If you haven't made a commitment to a local church, come worship with us at 10.30 a.m. on Sundays. The church is located at 200 West Bethany Court in Thousand Oaks. And if you'd like more information about the church and what we believe, visit our website, timelesstruthtoday.org, timelesstruthtoday.org. Hope you can join us tomorrow for part one of a new series, Grace Abounding Unto Salvation and Perseverance. Timeless Truth Today is a teaching ministry of Pastor Paul Twist and a listener-supported outreach of Bethany Bible Church in Thousand Oaks, California. I'm Matt Williams. Thanks for listening to Timeless Truth Today.